0: Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford.
1: And I'm Corwin Kroll.
0: And this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 93.
0: Oh yeah, the final Brightest Day episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that.
1: <laughs> it's all over now.
0: You know, when we did the the third Brightest Day episode, like... I somehow completely forgot how many issues the series would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, actually, it doesn't really make much sense because it's 52 weeks in a year. So if you split that in half, it should be 26... 26 weeks. Uh, well, 20, yeah, 26 uh, weeks.
1: Issues. Oh, yeah, 26, 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and if they had a zero issue then that means the series should have gone up to 25. Okay. But in any case, they decided to cut it short at 24. So when we were figuring out which issues to read last episode, like, we ended up covering, like, a bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, and 24 is actually double-sized. I haven't counted the pages, but they actually said it's double-sized. They double-sized it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But what that ultimately means is that we have – know, just four issues, one of them being double-sized to review tonight.
1: Which it's not really gonna matter since most of it was splash pages anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's we'll start right off with issue 21. This is the we finally get the resolution to the Martian Manhunter storyline. Marsha Manhunter has figured out that decay has been messing with his mind and uh you know he goes after her full force and she's like no no don't kill me i you know we we had a child we have a child I'm with the child and he he looks inside her you know her her mind and realizes that it's it's a a phantom baby there there is no baby she's completely barren so And I don't necessarily know that it would have changed his mind too much, but uh, he grabs her and flies directly into the sun, killing them both. But because he's Martian Manhunter and, you know, they can actually make money off of his character, poof, he's a white lantern and he flies out of the sun. And uh, the white entity asks him to choose, you know, do you want Mars or do you want Earth? You have to choose a world. And, uh, I mean, I guess right at this particular moment that he's being asked the question, he's partial to blue as opposed to red. He chooses Earth, flies directly to Earth, and, uh, you know, he actually heads to the Star City Forest, sees the fires burning all around, because there's a, a whole lot of bad, uh, bad juju going on, <laughs> or about to go down.
1: The world is in chaos.
0: Yeah, we'll call it Chaos. And uh yeah, he starts saving people and then all of a sudden dead man, you know, in his white white lantern outfit pops up and is like, you know, John, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to do this and John's like, Don't worry. I see that you're trying to fight it. It's it's fine, you know. You can just zap me into into nothingness.
1: <laughs> it's not like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is not not exactly like that, but John John's melts into the earth, and uh, the earth has accepted you. And that's the end of the issue.
1: He says if this is part of the plan to save Star City Forest and the earth, then so be it.
0: Yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> Obviously, you don't sound very pleased with this issue.
0: It was a really quick issue.
1: I was going to say the same thing. Same thing. It just flew by. I mean, was it even twenty pages?
0: Yeah, I think it was actually twenty pages, and uh, that's including some ads. <laughs> Twelve page story.
1: Eighteen? No, actually, twenty-one. Unless I counted. Unless I counted them too fast. But um yeah, it just it just flew by, and it brought you know it brought a Martian Manhunter story to an end.
0: Yeah, and and to be fair i think some of the the scenes with decay were were kind of padded a little you know it it's it's almost like you know he's been you know slowly figuring out you know that he's been under mind control and you know like like really like he takes his sweet ass time you know letting her know that he's never going to deal with this ever again
1: he had his fill yeah but she really did screw over his mind, I mean, just giving him, you know, that, that fantasy of Mars being back, his family, you know, all the Martians. I mean, it was almost bliss, but he just, he, he wouldn't submit to the false, you know, the false reality of it all. He 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 couldn't take it. He couldn't accept it.
0: You know, the thing that was was a little, like, I don't know. Well, I, I i thought I thought it was fascinating from a, an analytical point of view that you know she okay she says that you know she's going to convince John that you know he belongs with her even if she has to like kill every single person on the earth you know and destroying that entire planet so that he has nothing there left and has to come back to her you know like okay so so we realize. That he has no choice. But, like, even before that, like, he's, like, insanely angry. Like, he basically is looking at her as a virus that needs to be eradicated. And and after, and after she says that, you know, he's just like, well, you know, okay. Now I'm, I'm going, not, not only am I going to, like, kill you. Or punish you, or put you in a jail, or anything like that. I'm going to fly you into the sun, so that we are both completely obliterated. I, you know, if I have to die to to kill you too, then so be it. I'm happy to do so.
1: And that 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 definitely took some guts. Just just even for him to give up that perfect fantasy world was, I have to say, really brave of him. Because I'm not sure if I would have the, actually the guts to give it up. The perfect world that he wanted, but yeah, and then to fly them into the sun, the one thing that he's deathly afraid of and weak against, but when you consider the fact that they often say Martian manhunter is just as strong as Superman, you know, assuming decay is almost to the same power level, I mean she she's a very credible threat.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know you have to wonder, you know, aside from flying her into the sun, what possibly could have ever killed her?
1: <laughs> the 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 group of bad guys from um, Final Crisis, but then again, I don't think she has an aversion to fire. Is that all Mart? Yeah, that is all Martians, isn't it? Um, They're all afraid of fire, or, or is it just him? I'm not sure. I think it's all of them. From that JLA story, I read the White Martians didn't like fire either. So, uh,
0: well, you know. Fire
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember we remember you looked it up too, and somebody made them afraid of fire for some reason i don't remember exactly what you had said it's one of the old episodes so the listeners can look it back up
0: there you go (laughs) straight from corwin's mouth (laughs) go listen to every back episode and you may find it eventually
1: did you realize in this issue too they showed you the dark avatar and we got a little bit uh, a little bit more of his detail or his outline in this issue compared to the past
0: yeah yeah i saw that
1: which makes the big reveal, which we're going to talk about in the next few issues, all the more uh, noticeable. All right, so we're ready to move on? Um, Let's see. Right.
0: we talked about everything?
1: I, th- <laughs> I think so. Like we said, it was pretty short. We had a quick uh, view of the, uh, the aftermath of the Aqua squir- Squirmish.
0: <laughs> aqua Squirmish?
1: <laughs> the Aqua Squirmish. <laughs> where the, the JLA is on the beach, kind of picking up, uh, helping with the... Uh, Survivors and we actually have Superman here from his uh walkabout. <laughs> if you want to look at the whole DC universe as a whole.
0: Yeah, you have to be in the area.
1: You're in Miami. And uh Aquaman's hand washes up on, on shore.
0: <laughs> nice Tragedy. Uh yeah, and Hawk is a dick still. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh boy! Wait till we get to the final issue. Anyway, um I okay. Think that's it. Oh, real quick, how did you feel about the art on the issue? Which
0: I it's good art, you know. Um, yeah, th- th- this this art was was actually really good. I, I I like this a lot.
1: Most of it, I believe, was Gleason. Was it Gleason or Prado? I think it's Gleason. Oh. Um... And it it really made me realize how much I do miss him. He's not doing Batman and Robin anymore, so I'm wondering really? where DC's putting him next.
0: Probably Flashpoint.
1: Oh yeah, he probably is on one of those minis. Well, we'll look it up. But yeah, uh, I want him back in the GL universe. I really do. Yeah. Not, uh, the Elmer Warriors dude. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's you know he's doing fine over there. Uh, Kirkham. Uh, he's growing on me, but you know we still miss Gleason. Inside. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yeah, this one, Patrick Gleason, Yvonne Hayes, Ivan Reese, uh, and Joe Prado.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I think Hayes did the first page. Yeah. Uh, S- the second two-page spread on the beach with the rest of the JLA is probably Prado, because that doesn't look like Gleason at all. God,
0: I'm
1: so confused now.
0: I thought re- I, No, actually, I ahead. think Ivan Reese was doing the the Aqua... Aqua Squirmish.
1: Oh, both pages? No, all three pages? First no, first page looks like him, but this, this actually, yeah, you know what? Yeah,
0: we're... actually, no, the, you're right. The double page does look like Prado.
1: It's not very detailed at all.
0: No. No, yeah, that that's probably Prado. And then the rest of it is probably, for the most part, Gleason. It, it definitely does, you know, look, look Gleason-esque. And, yeah, like, I, I did enjoy this. They gave me enough art with Green Lantern Corps with him that eventually I just got to the point where it's like, yeah, I really like this now, and that's when they took him away.
1: Exactly. <laughs> he became the de facto Green Lantern Corps artist, and then yep. he's gone. Yep. But uh, White Lantern Deadman takes down another hero.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another one right. bites the dust.
1: <laughs> Brightest Day number twenty-two. This issue, we cut back to the antimatter universe where we follow uh, uh, Firestorm, which is Ronnie Raymond and I- – I can never remember these guys. Jason Rush. Rush. And we get a really, really beautiful scene with – well, Art with the anti-monitor who is just all kinds of awesome. For some reason, whenever I see him, it's just – you get that wow factor. Anyway, uh, the anti-monitor has the White Lantern – and it's basically trying to um, tap into its power and, and get control of it or control of the universe on top of that. Firestorm ends up trying to play the hero and stopping them, of course. Along with the Anti-Monitor, you have all the Black Lanterns who – all the Black Lanterns. So in kind of an act of desperation, he turns the Anti-Monitor's helmet into hydrogen <laughs> and then sets it on fire, which is a really cool distraction. But of course – doesn't really affect the anti-monitor much and he hits them with uh, such a powerful blast that it separates firestorm into his two human components of course while all this is going on um the black lantern is still the black lantern oh i'm sorry death storm still has ronnie yeah Ronnie's. i get these two confused jason's
0: dad jason's dad and the professor. professor
1: professor stein which is ronnie's like um mentor basically his father figure so for some reason death storm ends up releasing um the professor did he release both of them or just the professor just the professor he releases the professor and at the moment where um jason ronnie i keep doing that i don't know why i can't get these two straight the moment when ronnie is about to get blasted and killed professor stein kind of jumps in the way and ends up getting ends up dying Which pretty much ticks off Ronnie, and we get Firestorm back again. And at the moment when he is surrounded by all the black lanterns, he has, well, he's surrounded by all the black lanterns, and he has the white lantern. He's trying to tell the white lantern to resurrect the professor, but the professor accepts his fate and dies. And then, for some reason, well, not some reason, then the white lantern says, Mission accomplished. Life returns to Firestorm and completely obliterates all the Black Lanterns, then teleports Ronnie to Star City, where he runs into doom, 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 white lantern dead man or Alive life man. <laughs> a life man. life man. Once again, it just seems like a really to-the-point issue where they just move the story along, just boom, 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 like that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> um you know, it's like this this particular plot thread I think I guess it had so much potential. You know, because like, you know, you have this this black lantern, he, you know, he his, his mission is to steal the white lantern and corrupt it and bring it to some sort of mysterious, you know, overlord who we didn't know and we had no idea what the reasoning was uh we figured that it would be to like you know maybe try and release necron again or i don't know like any one of a million things and ultimately <laughs> ultimately the the resolution to this story is that black the no, black lantern firestorm deathstorm was somehow being controlled by the anti-monitor which doesn't make any sense to me you know it, like mm-hmm. cons- considering that the anti-monitor was brought back to life by you know the, the life entity. yeah exactly it brought mm-hmm. back to life by the, the life entity you know why he would have any control over anything black lantern at all it it, it doesn't make any sense but even if you disregard that and just say well you know, Death Storm's a dick and he wants to team up with, you know, the biggest jerk out there, you know, and he finds the anti-monitor, okay, you know, even if you accept that, then the resolution of this story is that the anti-monitor wanted the White Lantern so that he could eat whenever he wanted. It's basically like, to him, the White Lantern is a 24-hour McDonald's that serves nothing but him.
1: Well, he's trying to make himself more powerful so he can become unstoppable. But and and a cool thing is too, you notice that when he has the lantern, he he infuses life force into the lantern. So what was, what was that all about? Do you think that actually fixed the lantern or stopped the entity from dying? Or what? Not only that, but the White Lantern also receives some kind of information that it needed from the anti-monitor anti-matter universe so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's picking up it's picking up different elements of things as it goes along which i'm not even sure we really get an answer to what he needed that particular part for <sighs> one cool thing you notice though is when it's being infused with the life force yeah it has all the colors the whole spectrum swirling in like a uh, uh you know what they usually show like a universe looking like it's all swirling with a big white center so uh, that's kind of an interesting yeah. interesting way to portray that
0: yeah yeah i i don't like the whole thing doesn't really make any sense like un- unless what they're doing here like uh is paving the way for a return of the white lantern and the white entity um which would be awesome like, you know, that would be very cool, like, you know, because since the, you know, if they say since the Anti-Monitor infused life force into the Lantern, you know, like you said, it extends the life of the battery.
1: Or something.
0: Yeah, like, and, you know, he has to leave for a little while, but because of that, he can come back later. I mean, that would be great. That would be really neat, um, because I like the, the White Entity and the the White Lantern itself. A lot more than the resolution that we got for the story. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
1: You know, one thing that I'm really going to say I'm disappointed with was the use of the Black Lanterns during this whole Brightest Day. I know they did just kind of have their whole moment in the sun for eight months with Blackest Night. But for them to bring back all these Black Lanterns, which are basically the the, the anti-heroes that have been brought back, and not to do anything with them at all for the whole… You know they came back in what issue seven, seven or eight of Brightest Day, and now we're in twenty two and they literally haven't done anything. You haven't yeah. really seen them do anything. I, I wish they would have at least, you know, go attack their 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 alive counterparts. We see, you know, Black Lantern, Aquaman versus Aquaman, and, and maybe there could be a way of, of uh, figuratively or almost even literally having these heroes battle with their dark sides of themselves or. Or what they did in the past, or reconciling their Black Lantern history. You know, it would have been cool, even if it was just for one issue, or even just a couple pages in an issue where they had to deal with this Black Lantern and, and finally overcome it. You know, as a way of literally moving on. But no.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, you're absolutely right. You have a, an excellent point. And yeah, they brought them back basically for eye candy. You know, to have more Black Lanterns appear in the book so that people can look at them. I, they didn't do anything. They didn't serve any purpose whatsoever.
1: Hmm. Terrible.
0: I mean, like, like what's what's the point of that? Like, did they have an idea? Did they have a plan to use them and then decide, oh, we don't have enough issues, so we'll just, you know, <laughs> have them hang out? It doesn't make any sense.
1: I think the anti anti monitor asks pretty much the same question as he he says to Ronnie and Jason. You're working together with the lantern against me. To what end? Even he's confused.
0: Yeah, uh, they kill off uh, Professor Stein.
1: Yes, which, well, you know, I'm not surprised. One of them, one of the older guys, was going to have to get it. I didn't think you were going to come out of this completely unscathed. <laughs> and what has has Firestorm ever been blasted out of his form back into this two separate people before?
0: Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost positive that that's happened in the past.
1: It's kind of messed up, though, that after the Professor dies, the White Lantern doesn't bring him back.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It's like, oh, no, he's not important. (laughs) I don't need to do that.
1: And, of course, the last thing he says, he's trying to tell Ronnie he was like a son to him.
0: Yeah, no, you weren't like a son. You were a son. Yeah.
1: (sighs) (laughs) And Jim is still not pleased with it.
0: I, well... No, it it's it was confusing because you know you have so many elements. I tell you what I loved, what I absolutely loved was getting to see the anti monitor without his helmet. Yes, that was that was priceless. That was absolutely priceless. It's got like a giant stone head or something like that.
1: I just you know it 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 brought me back to the Sinestro Corps War kind of when when he showed up at the end of that first issue and you just get that damn kind of feeling because he just looks so. You know, this two-page spread on the second and third page, it just looks so awesome and huge and just, you know, when you see the anti-monitor, you just know you're in trouble. And, and like Deathstorm said, you know, Firestorm should have been proud he lasted 45 seconds against him.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt.
1: I, I really hope they have something coming down the line with this, with him. Maybe something hopefully back in the Lantern universe.
0: <laughs> we'll see about that. Is that it for this issue?
1: Uh, yeah, art is still solid. Jeez, I don't think we get any other characters in this whole issue. This is all Firestorm.
0: Oh, um, I think they made a point of saying that, uh, Jason's father was safely returned to his home, so. So they destroyed all the Black Lanterns, but, you know, the White Lantern fished Daddy Rush out before, uh, wiping them out, I guess.
1: Yeah, his, his father was brought home White Lantern. Tell him that right at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I very curious as to what this thing received from the Anti-Monitor. This, this White Lantern.
1: It just said information. Anti-Univer-Anti-Matter Universe information needed. And it kind of zaps the Anti-Monitor.
0: I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the White Lantern has, I I, I really I want to believe that the White Lantern has a plan beyond the end of Brightest Day.
1: Well, hopefully, because even if you think about it now, the the White Lantern wanted to be brought into the antimatter universe, so did it kind of set things up so it can get itself captured by Deathstorm? I guess it would have to have. Wow. Maybe the next the next thing would be actually fighting against the White Lantern. Maybe it's not gonna. Well, it is life. Well, who knows? But. Let's move on to the next issue, which I'm pretty ticked that the cover kind of just spoils things.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Why did I pick this one to review?
1: <laughs> it's not that
0: bad. Oh, God. Okay. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> this issue is really bad. <laughs> this. This is where it becomes really bad. Okay, um, all over the Earth, uh, there's this chaos, everything is, is dying, and um, planes are falling out of the sky. What, why the hell are planes falling out of the sky?
1: The electromagnetic field of the Earth is being affected. Oh, okay. I, I kind of just made that up, but still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that, that doesn't... Okay, whatever, whatever. Okay, so chaos everywhere, fires, earthquakes, hurricanes.
1: The sky turning black. The so sky I turns
0: black, see. you know, what did, what did the Ghostbusters say? Dogs running off with cats, <laughs> anarchy in the streets, whatever it was.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically, it's the worst possible scenario for Earth, and you'll only read about it here in this book. Because it just doesn't get reflected anywhere else ever.
1: It happens in a span of a few hours.
0: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, basically the world's about to end, but only for a little while. So it's not big enough to mention anywhere else. And also Wonder Woman makes an appearance even mm-hmm. though she wasn't interacting with anybody in any comics at all for a year.
1: Well, no, no. She's in uh, the Justice League, Generation Lost. She's a big part of that.
0: That was, I think, that was the only other one, though.
1: Probably. So there's a little tiny, tiny brightest day tie-in.
0: Um. So Star City. Uh, you got Firestorm. You got White Lantern, Deadman, and uh, Green Arrow. I guess they're all in the forest, and a magical white barrier has popped up around the forest. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: Um, this is this is nowhere near Dark Things, okay? Yes. The 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 mini series event that's not to be named, which I named, but still.
0: <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dove is fighting alongside a bunch of other heroes, um, trying to save people. Oh, hey, static. static shock! <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that. And that oh, and there's Aqualad and that chick that aqualass or whatever uh anyway dove is being oh god i can't i can't even believe this issue it's just this is bad okay dove is being summoned for some odd reason um and the hawk he kind of hitches a ride by touching dove just before she gets zapped and bam they're in the forest also just in time to watch uh, uh, a hand start re- reaching out of the ground, and uh, all of a sudden they reveal the, the dark avatar and its Black Lantern Swamp thing. Oh, and Boom Captain Boomerang is also on the scene also, in the forest somehow. Oh yeah, he was he was able to get through because he was told that he would be able to get through. So you have this giant Black Lantern Swamp thing pounding away at the white white energy force field around the forest. White Lantern dead man or alive man. Now he finally zaps Firestorm, setting him on fire. Um, he's like the Human Torch, if the Human Torch had a, light, a little floaty head. Next to him, that was also on fire, <laughs> and uh, now you have you know him on fire, and like air starts swirling around him, and water, and then earth, and then you have all of a sudden reappearing on a double splash page. You have Firestorm in completely in fire, Martian Manhunter you know, completely made out of earth. Aquaman made completely out of water, and uh Hawkman and Hawk Girl made completely out of wind. They are the, the elementals. They represent the four elements and they have to somehow
1: They they have to guide the elementals. It's their guide the, the focus or the guidance for the elementals is what the lantern says.
0: Yeah, uh, then they have to take on this uh, Black Lantern Swamp Thing. Okay, and uh, then all of a sudden, that that tree at the the center of the forest, with the White Lantern symbol on it, uh, we realize now why that's so important, because at the base, you know, of the tree, there's a a a, a tomb or just a grave, um, a body, to say the least. Uh, And the body is that of Alec Holland, the person who would become Swamp Thing back in the day.
1: The Earth's ultimate savior. God almighty. Well, with, with Alec Holland, originally when he died in that accident in the swamp, Swamp Thing thought he was Alec, which he wasn't. He just had Alec's memories. So that's what that's what that and that's old. I mean, this is the original Swamp Thing story we're talking about from way back when. So, actually, not even way back when. I think it's when Alan Moore started writing a character. He he twisted the story and made it like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is what happened. Okay, so (laughs) that was that was painful. I mean, why
1: why was it so painful?
0: uh, This the ending that we are.
1: 24 yet, we're on 23.
0: I know, but the ending that we are racing towards with issue 24, like, Brightest Day started out, like, I thought really good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they ended up giving us was just so lackluster. It's just like, it's painful reliving the memories of the journey to get to such a lackluster ending. That's that's basically where I'm coming from. And, like, you know, they're, like, they're, you know, trumping up the significance of all this in these last few issues. But, like, realistically, like, I, I don't see it. Like, the only reason that this seems like it's important at all is because they're telling me, it's like, hey, this is important now. This is what we were racing towards. This is a big deal. Hey, everybody. No, you should be concerned with this. Because we're telling you that it's a big deal. You know what I mean?
1: I can I can definitely <clears throat> agree with you on that. However, I will say I enjoyed the ride up to this point. It, it totally did feel anticlimactic to all of a sudden, oh, hey, it's Swamp Thing. And then we have Alec Holland. There was no kind of – I don't think there was enough hints in here or enough buildup for us to really be wowed and surprised and excited to see Swamp Thing. At least it didn't mean anything to me because – Brightest Day not only started off kind of off of a Green Lantern event on top of that, um, we had Green Lanterns in the very beginning of the story, you know, trying to pick up the White Lantern, trying to deal with the White Lantern, and then suddenly they're gone out of the story. And even though it did concentrate mainly on, you know, the Hawks, Firestorm, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, at the end of this issue, we, we finished all those individual stories, and now they're telling us that this big. This big important thing has to do with this character Swamp Thing and Alec Holland, and yeah, it does feel it does feel lackluster. But I enjoyed everything, everything up to this point. I enjoyed it a lot more.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, and I, I, I can agree with that. Um, I guess the other thing is like the ending comes completely out of left field.
1: I agree. I mean, here is the thing: they did touch on little things with pollution, the Earth. Little things like that along the way, but not enough, not enough to make this kind of conclusion seem worthwhile, or this this yeah this surprise seem worthwhile. Because you think about the oil spill, um, there there were other little comments along the way about nature and the earth and things like that. It was minute, totally minute.
0: So we find out that uh, <laughs> that the the whole reason why because now, firestorm is just like you know, wait a second, you know, this this thing, this damn battery can teleport people wherever it wants. It could teleport itself if it wanted to. So why the hell were we stuck in, you know, the anti-minor, you know, home and watching Professor Stein die? And the white entity is basically like, it's like, oh yeah, you, you had to see that so that you would be ready. Mm-hmm. Like... Like really, like it, it... <laughs> you had to see him die so that you'd be ready.
1: It it really said an a hole thing too when um when it was turning firestorm into the fire elemental. It says no need to worry, Jason. Rush that sometimes make you stronger, or simply just dead. What kind of sense of humor does this thing have, honestly? This, this White Lantern was truly an A-hole. It was, it was just a straight ass to him when it, it yeah. says little stupid things like that. It's just like, oh, come on. I
0: mean, like, she actually has, like, I won't say that she has nothing to do with the ending. But, like, realistically, like, the White Lantern, the White Entity calling Dove over is, is basically just, like, you know, moving its, its chess pieces around the table.
1: Well, it has to. I mean if you consider that we have three three of the resurrected still to have have either their life returned or life denied or whatever, you still have Hawk, Deadman, and Captain Boomerang who haven't done what they were brought back to do yet. Right. And, and, and Dove is a huge part of Deadman or Alive man or whatever you want to call them.
0: But she herself doesn't have anything to do with the Avatar. It's more she... about… Just moving the White Lanterns chess pieces around to manipulate everybody
1: else. Well, they didn't. They didn't really touch on it in this. Did they touch on it in this series? But she is connected to the White Lantern somehow. Because remember, in Blackest Night, she was killing Black Lanterns with just a touch. So she does have a link to it, even though they haven't made any kind of <laughs> yeah. connection in, it, in this whole series at all. At least I don't think so. Maybe she might have mentioned it earlier in Brightest Day. That no. She was killing. She can kill Black Lanterns.
0: I, I don't. I don't think they made a a point of that at all.
1: But we don't get anything in these last couple issues talking about her connection with it at all.
0: So kind of nebulous. But uh...
1: how did you like the elemental forms of these heroes?
0: I like that. Like, I like the elemental aspects of these heroes. Um, I think that's really cool. I think if. If we can get an Aquaman that can turn into water, or you know, a Martian Manhunter that can turn into Earth, I think that's a really cool, you know, you know, plot point. I think by the end of issue 24, that's completely done away with. But I think right here, it it seemed to hold a lot of potential and was a very interesting
1: idea. You know, what has to be awesome if if. They can't make these characters too powerful, so it'll be cool if they did something like if these four are ever around each other, maybe, they can use these powers, but separately they couldn't, or something like that, just so they don't make them, you know, too too far out of their power sets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe... uh,
1: Certain situation arises or something.
0: Maybe if Swamp Thing, you know, needed assistance, you know, and it was like a, a huge deal or whatever like that, and... Aquaman happened to be there, and he was helping out. And, you know, he was losing, then all of a sudden he takes on his elemental form. I don't know. That would be cool if they did that. I don't think that they will, but I did like that aspect.
1: <laughs> uh, I just remembered something. Um, one of my friends sent me a link. I'll, I'll send it to you when you post post for this show. But instead of Alec Holland climbing out of the grave, there was a picture of Gizmo.
0: Oh, yes, from the uh... – <laughs> Gutter is web comic.
1: Something like that. It was hilarious, though. It was it was hilarious.
0: It would make about as much sense.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's true. Seriously, there was there was nothing nothing that happened before to really bring us kind of to this to this conclusion of Alec Holland. Didn't 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 in an interview or something they already said that oh we've seen this character already who's supposed to be the ultimate savior?
0: I'm pretty sure that they did. I, you know, or that they've set it up at some point, it, it, like really, like Alec Holland, like you're not even talking about, like you know, you know, it's it's actually Swamp Thing, because it's not Swamp Thing crawling out of the grave. It's Alec Holland who Swamp Thing believed that he was. Now I know that Swamp Thing, you know, is synonymous with Alec Holland, but. If you've never read a Swamp Thing, you know comic or never saw the movie, then you know his name is Alec Holland. Yeah, it's like you know, it it could have been his name is Ray Bradbury. You know, we're resurrecting, we're resurrecting authors now. (laughs) I I don't know, it it could be anybody. It could be literally anybody. Like we're we're resurrecting Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, it might as well. has the same significance, you know, to somebody that doesn't isn't familiar with swamp thing.
1: And they touch on the parliament of trees. You know, I've never actually read any of that stuff, any of that Alan Moore swamp thing stuff.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: <laughs> okay. You ready to move on?
0: Oh, I what am mean? so ready to move on. <laughs> but, but before we move on, we have to go to uh, issue 24.
1: <laughs> That's what I meant. Go on to issue twenty-four. Cool thing with issue twenty-four, I got the variant cover, so it's kind of a homage to uh, Blackest Night number one. Instead of a skull on the cover, we have Swamp Thing's face with a bunch of White Lantern rings flying out of it. <laughs> Did you, have you seen this cover?
0: No, no, no I, I haven't actually. Now I have to, I have to seek this out.
1: It's pretty awesome. It's it's just Let's a straight. No, oh, you're looking it up?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's. That's pretty cool.
1: It is. It's Yvonne Heiss as well.
0: Doesn't make much sense, but it is pretty
1: cool. <laughs> he is the avatar of life now. All right, let's 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 jump into the issue where we get a complete explanation of everything yeah. thus far. Yeah. So, yes, we start out with Alec Holland crawling out of the grave, and then we get his origin from the White Lantern of how, you know, Alec died in a swamp and his memory was absorbed into the green. And um, from the green, from the green, Swamp Thing emerged, thinking he was Alec Holland. Well, however, this time, for some reason, after the events of Blackest Night, the green has become corrupted, and now Swamp Thing thinks he is Necron. And, of course, since he's Necron, he wants all life to die, so he's trying to kill everything. Well, now the White Lantern actually um, takes the elementals. Um, he need, He says he needed to familiarize Alec Holland's body with the elementals. So what happens is he infuses the elementals into Alec Holland's body, and he also says he had to purify the essences of, of uh, everybody who was affected by Blackest Night. So basically what he had really done to the Hawks and to Aquaman and Firestorm and pr- pretty much everybody he brought back when they had their life returned… They were cleansed of any corruption from, from Necron. So they have the Black Lantern um, Swamp Thing breaking into the dome trying to kill everybody, and eventually Captain Boomerang gets his chance to throw his boomerang at Dove, which he, um, he manifests out of some kind of black energy. Uh, Hawk tries to catch it, but it goes straight through his hand, and before it can hit Dove, Dead Man jumps in the way taking the boomerang which also explodes and dove begs for the white lantern to fix to fix dead man which he says he can't not this time in order for him to bring back Alan alec holland he needs a life for a life to balance things out basically so Deadman man once again dies the white ring flies off of his hand into alec holland and we have the resurrected doctor and he looks pretty cool. He's in his lab coat and everything, surprised, wondering what the heck is going on because last thing he remembers is the fire. When suddenly the trees start reaching out to him and the Parliament of Trees asks for his help. They need help cleansing the green from its corruption. And suddenly Alec Holland becomes the new Swamp Thing, which, which if you really think about it, pretty much takes a step to reverse exactly what uh, what Alan Moore did. Which I find pretty ironic, since Alan Moore kind of wailed on Blackest Night, saying that you know DC needs to find writers to write their own stories and stop uh, messing with resurrecting his stuff or working with his stuff. So we have a huge battle, nice two, well, another two-page spread. Well, we have two 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 two, two-page spreads <laughs> in a row with Alec becoming Swamp Thing, and then we have White Avatar Swamp Thing versus Black Lantern Swamp Thing. Which I didn't like that they actually switched artists from the first page to the second. You know, yeah. The actual battle page we have is of a, of a totally less detail and less quality of the previous.
0: Yeah, it's really jarring, and there's it not is. even a background.
1: It is. It's just it, – it's bad. And then the fight continues with the less-than-stellar art of the two of them, the two uh, Swamp Things going at it. Or for some reason, the new Swamp Thing now can actually use the elemental powers – that he gains so he's blowing him with wind and fire and <laughs> earth and then he eventually plunges uh, a stake into a black swamp thing's heart which severs his connection and kills it so uh, back at ground zero um, Hawk and Dover are trying to pick up the pieces dead man is dead and uh, the plants pretty much bury him and form uh, flowers over his grave and Dead Man is back in his uh, ghostly form. Uh, the White Lantern tells him his time, his time on the world is not done. The people on this planet who have given up on life still need your help. And of course, Dead Man is ticked. You know he just learned about cheeseburgers and, you know, loving, loving life, spending time with his grandfather and uh, having some one-on-one time with Dove, and he's really upset that he lost it. He says it's not fair, and he's clearly upset. But for some reason, Dove can hear him. She can't see him, but she can hear him. He tells her he loves her. She tells him she loves him too. And she cries. (sighs) Anyway, we have Swamp Thing saying the corruption is over. The infusion of the elemental powers that strengthen his life force, help guided him is no longer necessary, no longer required. So out pops our four heroes. We have Hawkman, Aquaman martian manhunter and firestorm all back to their normal selves which now that we mentioned it before maybe they did keep some of these powers because he's saying you know the elemental powers that strengthen him is no longer needed so he lets them go so maybe they still do have a a part of it anyway somebody else gets shafted by the white lantern as hawkman has returned without shiera and he is hawkman is just simply losing it because Finally, at last, they broke in the curse that you know they can be. Every time they find each other, they're not killed anymore. They can finally be together, and she's gone. But there is some kind of hope because now she seems to be stuck in wind form. Um, other than that, Swamp Thing go ahead and fix, fixes the earth and starts clean, you know, bringing plants back to life and growing everything back. Martian Manhunter can hear people people finding hope and happiness now, and swamp thing you know is regenerating the planet, and slowly we see the darkness disappear from the planet. And then we get a little bit more exposition from the lantern, telling them how everything has been fixed, you know Maxwell Lord has protected the world from a superhuman war, basically he prevented kingdom come from happening um Jade learned to balance the darkness within with her brother which I guess is something else that they're going to be picking up on eventually. Bullshit. Um, (laughs) Osiris brought his sister back, which is something I'm actually interested in reading. But um, even with that, he says, with the goddess of nature returned, she will aid Alec Holland. So we will be seeing probably some Isis in the future. But Swamp Thing is here to protect the planet. Um, The White Lantern says his time here is done, and it disappears. It tells... It tells Dead man or Boston Brand to embrace life for it is not for all it is and all it is is and all it is not, and then it disappears, and of course, everybody else is wondering what to do next uh epilogues, a few different epilogues, Aquaman is back to the scene of the aqua skirmish, skirmish in Miami, and he realizes that the weapons the rebel zebels were using were actually Atlantean, so that's another mystery for his book, I guess. Uh, Martian Manhunter revisits the daughter of the the professor that brought him to Earth and removes the brain tumor that she had in her head, you know, healing her, making her normal. Hawkman is still as angry as ever since he's lost Sierra again for the final time probably. Then we have Ronnie Raymond and Jason Rush um, doing research, figuring out that the. The Firestorm's matrix has been altered by the blast that it received from the anti-monitor and that it's damaged, and it's counting down to detonation. Finally, we have something (laughs) – we have a scene that I find really questionable for them to put at the end of this. I'm wondering if Jeff Johns is trying to make a statement. But we have a bunch of all the bigwigs from an oil company um, that were responsible for the spill, and already they're trying to – trying to avoid any kind of lawsuits and find new dumping grounds for their for their waste and different stuff like that. When suddenly Swamp Thing appears and, and strangles all of them to death with the plant. I mean he he completely takes some of them and breaks every bone in their body, just completely slaughters them. Um later on that night somebody walks into the crime scene, lights a cigarette, and says to himself, Bollocks. And here we have the return of John Constantine into the DC universe and it says the beginning and that's how the issue ends <sighs> <laughs> and Jim is glad that it's over so glad now what do <sighs> where do we want to go from here
0: well I mean like for starters I don't care about the green <laughs> I I mean like I like Green Lantern <laughs> I like the Green Lantern core. I like the green energy in that it's willpower. I like, I love the whole emotional spectrum. I like the elementals, but the green, I like I, – I, I hate that. I freaking hate that concept. I hate the green concept. Uh, What's the other one? The red? Is that what Animal Man is connected to?
1: Yes. They haven't – I don't think they've even really touched on that at all. Did they – did they touch on that in that Untold Tales of Blackest Night?
0: I think they might have. I think I think they might have. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what any of the other colors are, and it doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, I don't know.
1: Whatever. It just. It, it sounds like the fundamental pieces of the universe, the, you know, the things that make the universe. So maybe that's where the anti anti-matter universe comes into play it's, it's it's a part of existence you know the, the negative to the positive but other than that i have no clue what you know what else to really take from the green and and the fact that that uh swamp thing is back and slaughtering C- ceos in their office <laughs> i thought that was kind of like wow they, they really took it there
0: yeah yeah that was uh that was a little over the top
1: more than anything i wish they would have at least stuck the kept the same artist from the moment that alec holland became swamp thing all the way through the fight because the one beautiful page of him becoming swamp thing the one two page spread and then all of a sudden it switches to a different artist for the fight between the two swamp things was just it it hurt it really hurt the story
0: yeah yeah no i it's almost like they just put like a pull out poster in there that had nothing to do with anything very true that was weird even when like the white okay so the white ring that was on dead man's hand flies off of his hand and
1: uh, into Alec Holland's body
0: yes it goes into his mouth and resurrects him it doesn't show a white lantern ring on his either of his hands but I mean you know with the white lantern disappearing later on I don't think it matters
1: my time here is done.
0: But, like, that that page where Alec Holland, you know, is resurrected. Mm-hmm. That live. Like, okay, it's it's a nice-looking piece of art. But, uh, like, once again, it's like the same thing as the end of last issue. You know, the next Earth, Earth Savior is Alec Holland. You know, it's like you just resurrected a dude in a lab coat.
1: <laughs> but he's he is the conscience and and the template that Swamp Thing was was built off of.
0: But like you just if you just need a personality to to bond to Swamp Thing, then why does it even have to be Alec Holland? It could have been anybody. I mean it. Necron took it over. It, it it got Necron's personality. Like they could have put Dead Man's personality into Swamp Thing.
1: I I guess they could have found a way to. Well, can you really exercise exercise Necron out of the Swamp Thing like that? I mean, like I said, this is just them taking taking Swamp Thing back to how he originally was. How he originally was before right. yes. Alan Moore's story. So literally, Alec is now Swamp Thing. And and him killing the Black Lantern Swamp Thing is them killing that that story, that <laughs> old Swamp Thing, and and making it how quote unquote he was originally. So this is this is a stake, another stake in the Alan Moore story.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's that's a good observation. I did think it was funny that Swamp Thing was able to barf fire.
1: Well, yeah, he has all the elemental powers of life in him. Yeah. So I mean, that that kind of made sense. And, you know, the the White Lantern does touch on the fact that, yes, it had to cleanse—what does he say exactly? Once purified, their essence could act as a guide for the four elements, just as Alec Holland's essence acted as a guide for the green, until Necron's essence was imprinted over it.
0: Yeah, you know, that's—the other thing is, like, Alec Holland's, like, life force, it wasn't pure. It was— it was still tainted because it was dead when Necron, you know, tried to take over. Mm-hmm. So, so they used Dead Man's Life Purity to resurrect some other dude to put into Swamp Thing.
1: Yeah, and it, and it actually says, you know, the greenie's needs a psyche a psyche to adhere to. So obviously, uh, Alec is is important. They're trying to make him important to the basis of the green and that he is needed.
0: So they completely screw over Dead man.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, you know what? You're upset about it, but honestly, I don't mind because that means he's a character of interest now for them to move forward to something else. Make him – have him on a quest now to get his life back, to find life again.
0: I mean I think that's an optimistic view of it. <laughs>
1: I I really don't think they're going to waste the character and have him disappear into obscurity.
0: I mean, I really I for them I I hope that they do figure out some way to I guess bring him back to a I don't know, being able to interact with the living again.
1: Well, yeah, he can possess people still probably.
0: Well, I I mean like as in
1: himself, you mean?
0: Yeah. I like the only thing that I was thinking of after this was done was that one of the big things is they make a point of saying that Hawk he... Failed. Yeah, he failed. He didn't complete his mission. His life is not his own. So that basically means that there's a life force up for grabs. So I mean, like, you know, it could be that, you know, Deadman takes, you know, the life force that Hawk does not deserve.
1: Or maybe he'll give it up. Who... Who knows? I mean he still he still partnered with Dove. Now, a big part of Hawk and Dove is they're supposed to be these avatars of chaos and order. Right. I know they were killed back in a judge, Judgment Day, back during Infinite Crisis when the Spectre killed them. I recently read that a couple months ago. So have they been brought back at all? Is that who Swapman oh, – Swapman, listen to me – Hawk's <laughs> life belongs to? Is that what the White Lantern is making reference to when he says his life is not his own?
0: No, it's.
1: Uh, he says, "I cannot free you from the influence of war. You are not like the others. Your life is still not your own."
0: I I don't know actually. I I don't know. I, I I suspect that it's not tied into the order and chaos thing. Though, I think it's it's more along the lines of, you know, I resurrected you. I gave you a chance. You had to purify yourself, you know, in order to have your life essence be free of you know the impurity I don't know and then Hawkgirl she doesn't make it out either so like the two stories that I was really really hoping for a happy ending um, you
1: you didn't get
0: no completely not at all and and like like really like I don't know um, companies will say that you know the conflict is what gets people to buy the comics, but like I'll be honest, like if you had given me a, a Dove and Dead Man comic, I would have bought that and read it. And after this, after Brightest Day, like what they had done with the Hawks, like I was really interested in reading a Hawk series. With both of them. Yes, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. You know, so now, you know, like it's just going to be Hawkman. And I mean like – I don't know. Maybe like the first year it will be like a journey to get Hawkgirl back. I don't want to deal with the journey. You know, like we <laughs> we had a, a year's <laughs> worth of, of comics for them to, you know, realize that they, they're no longer under the curse and – you know, now they can finally be together without ha- you know having to worry about that curse. It's well, like
1: it's all the more reason why they should rip it away. They got to hit you where it hurts. Can't you know? They, they got to keep it interesting. Eventually, I believe he'll get there. He'll get there. For now, they're going to put the character through the works. They're going to torture him as much as possible. Make him earn it.
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess I'll, I'll reconsider. You know, picking up any books that they plan on coming out with after this as long as they you know give me some resolutions that i was looking forward to
1: well here's the thing coming into this i could really care less about hawkman and hawk girl martian manhunter firestorm most of them yeah don't really care for either way now that we've been through this journey with them, in all honesty, Aquaman is probably the only one I'd buy a book about just to see what happens there. That was that, That's the character and his and what's going on with him that interests me the most. Kind of Aqualad, too, because it's, it's it's nice to see them bring in a new character, especially a character that's black. You know, We don't really have too many black superheroes in the forefront of things, and Aqualad is probably somebody they can really build off of, especially with him being in a cartoon now. Mm-hmm. Interesting take, especially the character that's not – you know, the young, angry stereotype. <laughs> the Hawks were interesting, interesting, but I really wouldn't. I could still care less, could care less to follow it. And of course, Firestorm is all right, but other than that, I'm still kind of right back where I was at the beginning. I got a cool story, got an interesting story out of it, and now I'm done with those some of those characters.
0: Yeah. Um, and speaking of some of those characters, let's, uh, let's take a look at uh, the ones that completed their mission. Okay, Maxwell Lord uh, apparently was brought back to life to stop a war, a superhuman war,
1: mm-hmm. S- started by um, Gog. Ma- Gog.
0: Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, the the white entity brought back one of the most dangerous villains that's ever walked the planet to stop a war. That really probably could have been stopped by anybody else.
1: Mm, Not necessarily, just because of the fact that, first thing, Maxwell Lord is a bit of a jerk. However, he kind of falls into that gray area sometimes. Um, I haven't even finished reading Generation Lost. I'm actually going to get it all bound before I really, really read it (laughs) all, but um, I have all the issues. But. He he falls into that gray area sometimes, and there are times when he kind of tips over to that bad guy side, especially with his obsession with Wonder Woman. Of course, the character that did kill him. But there there is some good that comes out of what what he does, and he has some good intentions most of the time. But even with 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 Gog, that whole accident that started the whole Kingdom Come Kingdom Come story, Superman was pretty much not even there or, or wasn't around to do anything to prevent any of that from happening. I think he was was he there? I don't recall, but Superman had no effect on it, so of course, the White Lantern didn't want this this you know this huge nuclear explosion. who who blew up Adam He didn't want Captain Adam to blow up in wherever it was in the Midwest that kicked off this whole uh downward spiral of things. so in some ways, um, Lord, Maxwell Lord is not completely a villain.
0: That sounds like a lot of justifications right there. <laughs> okay. So, even if you can debate the the reasoning for bringing back Maxwell Lord, how do you how do you justify the bringing back of Jade <laughs> to balance the darkness within her brother, which would have empowered the the corrupted swamp thing and made him nearly unstoppable? What? I... What, what does the Corrupted Swamp thing have to do with the shadow powers of oh, Obsidian?
1: I think that may be something we still have. Well, it has to do with the Starheart, for one.
0: <laughs> it's magic, so we don't have to explain it.
1: Whatever is going on with the Starheart and, and the bad things that could have happened if Jade wasn't able to reel Obsidian in. However, I think we're going to still see more of that play out with what's going on right now with Eclipso. Because I, I really think Obsidian is going to be a key key component of dealing with the, with Eclipso. So, once again, we'll see. Who knows? But yeah, her and her brother supposedly they got some important part to play. Is what I'm what I'm thinking. We'll see. It's reaching, but still.
0: Um, and then Osiris, they brought back Osiris to bring back Isis. His sister. Right. Why didn't they just bring back Isis?
1: No clue. I haven't read the Titans. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I but. mean,
0: like, that just seems like, you know, overly complicated. That's like, it's almost like building a Rube Goldberg machine.
1: Well, you got to explain what that is to me. Okay, that's, to
0: that's like, uh, you push a domino, and the domino pushes other dominoes, which releases a marble, which goes down a shoe. Okay. It, it like, you know, like a, a really elaborate way of doing something incredibly simple
1: well here's the thing i don't know exactly what deathstroke is up to because his titans that his mercenary group that he gathers he has something that each of them wants which is what he uses to put this group together so i don't necessarily know what it is that he's holding over um osiris's head to make him do join his team and you know kill people basically well it was
0: he agreed to help him bring back his sister
1: Okay, well, I have no clue how he helped do that, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Well, we know Reverse Flash was uh, brought back so he can pull Barry Allen, the original Flash, out of the Speed Force. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Which happened had happened already the first time loop around or yeah. something.
0: Yeah, C- Captain Boomerang was brought back to throw a boomerang.
1: Oh, let's touch on that throw the boomerang at hawk right who failed to stop the boomerang
0: well no he had to throw it at
1: dove he had to throw it at dove and hawk was supposed to stop the boomerang right from killing dove Mm -hmm. which he failed to do do you think that hawk was supposed to be the one to actually die from the boomerang and that's how he failed he was supposed to die and his life force was supposed to be the one to bring back alec
0: if you look at the boomerang and the way that it goes right through uh, Hawk's hand, it goes right through Hawk's hand, but like it actually gets embedded in Deadman's chest.
1: Right. So, so I and mean, what if what if Hawk literally tried to step in front of it instead of trying to catch it? Right. Literally sacrifice, sacrifice himself and step in front of it and catch it in the chest like like Deadman did.
0: Yes, like literally that would have been the only way to stop the boomerang, and and Hawk was not willing to do that. Um, so, so then the boomerang, you know, goes to Deadman. Um, I don't know, like the, the, the things that you have to think about are this, there's, there's a, a few different, you know, angles to look at it. Uh, one, did the, the white entity actually want Dove, you know, dead and have her life force go into Alec Holland? Did he actually want Deadman dead and have his life force go into Alec Holland or did he want Hawk you know to die and Hawk didn't really have much of a part to play at all it True. was almost like uh like background noise to the whole dead man dove situation
1: did, did he have any kind of major role in the birds of prey book
0: uh i I didn't read it. I I look through those issues occasionally, but I don't think that there was anything of note you know, especially uh, relating to brightest day. Okay. So it's almost like, you know, what I'm thinking is that his life force is up for grabs right now. And it's almost like, you know, what, what I'm hoping is that the white entity said, okay, well, Dead Man is going to have to die because, you know, he has this pure life force and I'm going to need that for Swamp Thing. But I'm not going to be able to bring him back to life right away because I'm going to die myself. Mm -hmm. So it could be that the White Entity brought back somebody knowing that they would not be able to complete their mission so that way Dead Man would have a life force to go after that would be up for grabs once that person failed the mission.
1: It 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 kind of sucks that there's only one person that failed with their mission. Why they were brought back? <clears throat> we should have gotten some other characters fail as well.
0: Well, I mean that that could be like you know that could be part of the the plan of the White Lantern. Like it could be that you know Hawk never had a chance in succeeding. It could be that he was never meant to succeed in the first place.
1: Oh, so he's going to turn back into Monarch and try to destroy the universe again?
0: No, no, I, <laughs> I don't think that at all. I think he's almost like a placeholder for Deadman.
1: He's going to go evil and then Deadman's have to take his life force from him.
0: Or, you know, he just won't know how to hold on to it or whatever. Yeah, whatever the reason.
1: Um. Well, don't forget, like he, like the White Lantern says, your life is still not your own. I cannot free you from the influence of war. You are not like the others.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
1: So, the Avatar of War, Lord of, you know, Lord of Chaos is still out there, probably or a new one or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Anyway, what'd you think of the the Firestorm thing? As far as
1: you know, th- I think I, I think the detonation, the countdown to the detonation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. I don't think it's big enough, uh, something enough to make me buy a Firestorm book, or yeah. even a Firestorm miniseries. So, unless they have it in their you know, in DC's plans for another kind of, well, I don't even know what kind of other anthology they can do because besides Aquaman's problem and uh, Firestorm's problem, everybody else is kind of done i mean hawk well Hawkman lost his woman can't get her back but
0: well they all have like plot threads to continue on it's just whether or not they'll continue in their own books or not
1: well i guess martian Manhunter's the only one that got kind of got a closure to everything
0: yeah, yeah yeah he got the closure um the firestorm thing it looks like that that sounds like a premise for a miniseries yeah and i mean at the end of it like you know they're not going to kill off firestorm so true I mean that—that's the only downside with that. It's like they give them this this countdown, but you know that they're not going to kill off Firestorm, so it's kind of like, you know, well, what's the point?
1: What if they do and replace them with somebody else? <laughs> or is it too much of that already going around? I'd be very
0: long? surprised, but that—that yeah, that would be that would be something. Yeah. So th-
1: this this next thing coming up post brightest day. Now the first thing that's been solicited is oh. the search for Swamp. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, like what you're saying with the search for Swamp Thing, that reminds me of the final two pages. John Constantine. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, that's their big, you know, (laughs) end of book reveal. John Constantine.
1: Yes, I feel you. So what?
0: (laughs) You know, yeah, like, I'm, I'm absolutely skipping the search.
1: I'm going to pick it up, and I'll, I'll I'll report back to you, let you know how it is, because I I don't have a really good sense of closure with this last issue of Brightest Day that I, I really wanted out of it. So hopefully at the end of that, we'll get some real closure to things and actually feel like we, we're finished with the Brightest Day phase and on to something else. <laughs> yeah. I know my my chances aren't looking good, but do you think it's going to be just a straight Swamp Thing story, or do you think they're going to touch on some of these other elements during that?
0: What What really confuses me is the distinction between DC and Vertigo. Like, they've they've done this in such a way now that it's so confusing. Like, you had Swamp Thing start out as DC, and interacting with the DC heroes.
1: Which is where Constantine made his first appearance as well.
0: But he didn't make his first...
1: Did Mm -hmm. he make
0: his first appearance in DC swamp thing yes okay so they both start out in in dc then they switch to vertigo then like swamp thing is now going to be exclusively dc but constantine is going to be in dc but he's also going to have his vertigo book and they're two different characters
1: his vertigo book is still going yes And his Vertigo book is – he's going to be a totally different – well, not a totally. He's going to be a different character in his Vertigo book just because in that book he actually ages in real time. So every year that goes by in that book, he actually does get a year older. Um, He's married in that book. I mean he's older. This is more of a younger John. So there's going to be a big difference between the two.
0: But, like, how do they answer questions like where was he all this time?
1: Because that other book is called Hellblazer. (laughs) <laughs> and this is just going to be John Constantine in the DCU, so they probably don't even have to touch on that. Even though there are vertical titles, there are still little appearances from other um, DC characters. I, I know Xantana was in an issue or two of uh, a... it Hellblazer she appeared in? But yeah, what, I, she appeared what I'm in- getting at,
0: though, is like, you have Hellblazer's history in Constantine's history in Hellblazer, and that character is a s- distinctly different character from this Constantine. Mm-hmm. So this Constantine would have to have been in the DC universe ever since he made his first appearance. Yeah, but he hasn't shown up anywhere, you know, since that. Since
1: yes. Yeah, I'm not, that's not surprising. I mean, you know, characters come and go. They fall into limbo, disappear for a while, and then are eventually brought back. It's not going to be a big a big deal or big issue for them to bring Constantine back. And the biggest part of that is we don't really care. <laughs> we don't really care that they brought him back. Honestly, I don't. It doesn't really make much of a difference to me.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's an excellent point. I mean, it's basically just a dude in a trench coat.
1: If they throw on a yellow power ring on him or something, then maybe I might have some kind of interest, which – God forbid they do. Yeah. Meh. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't affect the main books that I'm reading. Unless they have some big match thing coming up where they're gonna, you know, event wise, then I may have to pay a little bit more attention to it, but yeah. Overall the ending to this was just kind of meh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I thought it kinda sucked. I thought it was very lackluster and uh you know, for all the things that they could have done.
1: Exactly, and, and coming into this, like I said before, it's out of Green Lantern. It was kind of lantern centric. We have the White Lantern, which, you know, Green Lantern and White Lantern is a big deal. It's the the basis of all life. It was just a huge thing. And during yeah. this series, it, it kind of just fell into the background a little bit. And then we, I'm disappointed we didn't get any other kind of Green Lantern centric stuff in, which you feel like a more of a heavier Green Lantern event, but all intents and purposes i'm I just think this whole thing was average, and that's mainly because of how it ended the last two three issues just kind of out of the blue with this swamp thing, Alec Holland stuff and kind of downhill from there,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah no um I think this this was very good up until the end well, um, if you'd like to read the continuing stories of Swamp Thing or uh Constantine, or any of the other hate heroes, you can do so at uh, Wikipedia. Because <laughs> that's where I'll be going to find out what happens, because I'm not reading these issues anymore.
1: Well, it's, it's all done and over now, which, which is going to bring us to a, a, another important thing that's, or gossip that's going on on the interweb right about now. It seems like with the recent DC solicits for August 2011, every issue is an ending to something in the DC universe. Every story arc is the last issue of a story arc. Everything – every solicit has an ending in it, ultimate ending, something ending. And August 31st, there's only going to be one DC book released, which is going to be the final part the flashpoint event <laughs> supposedly now the rumors are starting in september dc is going to do a complete reboot of all their titles back to number 1 which I'm going to call poppycock on because i doubt they're going to relaunch action comics or detective comics from their 8 or 900 all the way back to number 1 however looking at looking at things in a different light after green lantern rebirth we have the green lantern titles on top we just have the Batman family titles relaunched. You have, well, not re- actually for the most part, yeah, they have relaunched. You have, you know, Batman Ink up, up to its like sixth or seventh issue. You have Batman the Dark Knight. You have Red Robin, Batgirl. All these titles are still kind of new. So I think DC may take this chance to completely relaunch everything else that they have in their family of titles.
0: Relaunch or reboot?
1: Probably more of a relaunch. Uh, let me say relaunch, not really reboot. Probably. No, I'm gonna give it both. Some some books are probably gonna be relaunched and some things are probably gonna be rebooted because Flash Flashpoint is a altering of the timeline by reverse flash. Mm-hmm. So coming back from that, things some things are probably gonna change. And and look at it this way too. Not only do you have the ending of a bunch of different story arcs, you have the last issue of the Search for Swamp thing. Three part or the last part of that. We have books that we know that are coming on the horizon that we haven't seen nothing from. There's going to be an Aquaman series. No solicits for that yet. Red Lantern series. Nothing for that yet as well. You know, other little books we've heard of, Hawkman. Wasn't supposed to be a Hawkman book as well?
0: Uh, I don't know about a Hawkman book. I, I'm i not really sure. Oh, God. Now, I, I... now I, you know, because when you told me about this, like I, I had heard rumblings about it, but I hadn't actually heard about the – the storylines ending.
1: Yeah, yeah, if you look at the DC solicit, it's, it's hilarious. Bleeding cool dot com pointed it out. Every DC solicit was the end of a story arc or the end of a of a miniseries or something, or even um, well you know they killed a few titles like Rebels and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah, well they were getting rid of those for the Flashpoint.
1: Flashpoint, which they're launching fifteen, sixteen different miniseries, but it is just it's just straight ironic if you look at the solicits and all the things that are ending. So there's a big possibility that we're getting something big in September, especially since Flashpoint 5 is the only book going on sale for DC October
0: 31st. That that just seems like – a couple of things are going through my head. First off, it seems like a really bad idea because like – you know, I, and I, I, I looked at this on the forums, and I look at it like if they wanted to continue doing all the regular books and then start up like an Ultimates line, to streamline everything and you know get rid of some of the continuity, like that would make sense to me
1: but why that's that's exactly what Marvel did. why? why would they take that route? I think this is a smart move to
0: relaunch everything
1: not everything because like I said, green Lantern books they're on the top right now of 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 the charts. I don't think they're going to touch that negate any of that story Jeff Johns has told already, they're not gonna reboot that. I right. I highly well, that's doubt what it.
0: I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if they keep the stories that they're doing now and continue them but also offer a jumping on point for for new readers, like the ultimate line was a great idea.
1: <laughs> Where are they now? <laughs> that's all I have to say. Where's the ultimate line now?
0: But you're, you're talking about like what? How much? How long was it? Ten years that it lasted.
1: Ten years that it lasted. Still, if if DC wants to come out on top and start taking market share, start taking dollar amounts, they're gonna have to do something different than Marvel. And I don't think separating separating their universe is gonna work. Look, they're, like you just said before, they're taking all this Vertigo stuff now and bringing it back to the DC universe. There was supposed to be there's actually supposed to be a Vertigo Swamp Thing miniseries that they can't because they're bringing him back here in brightest day. Right.
0: Um, Well, I mean, if they want to increase market share though for DC, then you know what would be better than having all your regular books and then also, you know, starting up a brand new line that is like an Ultimates brand.
1: Because you're giving them an option of taking Batman or Ultimate Batman.
0: But I mean, if somebody offers me Batman
1: and all the Batman books.
0: But if somebody offers me Green Mm -hmm. Lantern or you know all the Green Lantern books. And then this like ultimate streamlined Green Lantern, which isn't like the regular Green Lantern. You know, there's enough tweaks to make it interesting. Like, you know, if they continue on the Flashpoint universe in in comics like that, like I, I would, I I think it would be interesting to get like an Abin Sur continuing series.
1: But for how, but for how long are we talking? How long will that last? How long will interest in something like that last? I mean, I don't think it's a good idea for them to split their line like that. Right now, they're taking steps. I think DC's really taking good and big steps to bettering bettering their comic line. Drawing the line at two ninety nine, dollars that was a good first step for however long they can keep – well, they said they're going to keep that up anyway for the main books, for the monthly books. So drawing the line at two ninety nine, dollars that's one step. This This reboot – slash relaunch of certain titles, certain books is going to be a good way for them to restructure things, restructure other books that may not be working, try something new, fix things that maybe they they thought was a mistake to do, but essentially give good starting points for readers.
0: The problem with that, though, mm -hmm. is that when you have the series like Green Lantern that are doing so well,
1: which they're not going to touch. I doubt they're going to touch. They may cancel one title to, to to make room for the Red Lanterns, but I don't think Green Lantern is going back to number one. Exactly.
0: I, yeah, I completely agree with that idea, that they will not touch Green Lantern. But if they don't touch Green Lantern, then it's basically going to be like Crisis all over again, where some books stay the same and just keep going, and other books like start over fresh like it's a brand new
1: universe well they can they can take this opportunity to launch their next big story arcs that'll be leading to the next big thing because when green lantern started out they were building towards blackest night blackest night is coming gone they brought in brightest day they're bringing in war to green lanterns which the after the third issue of the aftermath of that ends in august so starting september they're ready for the new quote-unquote story arc or the new status quo going forward. So we'll have our – we'll probably have the new Green Lantern of 2814 announced in the Surge 3 or wherever it is. And then starting September, boom, we have a new Lantern for 2814, and we have their story going forward.
0: I, I don't it, – it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me how they can reboot as well as continue the old. Uh, And and somehow make that work in one cohesive universe.
1: Well, think of it as as certain things in the timeline being tweaked or altered since we really don't even know what they're going to do with Flashpoint. We do know right now there's alternate reality going on where Zoom changed something in the past, and now we have Wonder Woman at war with Aquaman over territory in Europe and all this other stuff, but… In order for them to fix the timeline, there's still certain things that can be tweaked and changed and certain things that can still stay the same. It it can happen. It happened. It has happened, and it still can happen with these books. The question is what books are they going to be rebooting, and what books are they going to be relaunching?
0: If they do any of that.
1: If, of course. like Yeah, exactly. All this is rumor, but you still have to say – you still have to admit there are some oddities with – all the things that are going on with August and all the books all the story arcs that are coming to the end, all the mini series that are coming to an end, and then Flashpoint five being an only book for that week. I mean that one week.
0: The only thing that I could think of is that after Flashpoint five, then that's the final issue to Flashpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what they may do is you know, if they'll if they're gonna reset any of the books to number ones or whatever, then Instead of a reboot or even, like, a restructuring of the series, it can still be, like, the same series, but, you know, give them, like, a, a renewed sense of purpose. Definitely. That, you know, focuses more on a more closely knit universe. You,
1: you know what really needs a reboot? Justice League of America.
0: Oh, God, yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's another book. As a matter of fact, look at all these Justice League International announced. Right, it's been, been announced. No solicit yet.
0: Yeah, so I mean, between all these books that are, you know, solicited, like a, a hard reboot of the universe doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
1: No, no, not a complete line-wide reboot. I doubt it. I really doubt it. I mean, look at look at what they did to Wonder Woman. They just relaunched it, or not relaunched it, renumbered it to six hundred onward. I they I don't think they're going to take certain – these long-running titles and boot them back to number one. That doesn't make sense, but other things, I, I, can, I can see it. I'm even – honest to God, I'm hard-pressed to even give you any other books that are in the DC universe right now besides the Green Lantern books, Batman books, Superman books, the one Wonder Woman book, the Flash book that's ending, Secret Six, which I love. I'm hard-pressed to name anything else besides that, so – whatever they're going to reboot or relaunch I don't think I'm going to mind past those <laughs> I,
0: I don't know <laughs> but I do think that we are going to get some uh, some holdovers from
1: Flashpoint I wouldn't doubt it and honestly I, I could care less I don't think it's going to bother me that much as long as they make it interesting put some top top talent teams on books you know I think right now D- Marvel is beating out DC with some of the writers and artists they have that they're promoting
0: Well, I think Marvel Marvel has more, you know, like, like DC, you know, there's a few writers that write very well and, you know, they, they have, they have a a, a decent selection of artists, but I mean, as far as writers go, there's, there's a few that are good. Um, And then there's others that are just there.
1: And then there's the editors that are writing books.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) you know, like, I I love Jeff Johns, and, you know, I love him writing the Green Lantern book. I could care less if he writes a Flash book. But, you know, with his position at DC now, like, how many more books are you going to put on him? You know, he can't be the only one writing your books. You need. You know, you need excellent talent, you know, to to write these other books. Who
1: who did they announce was writing the Red Lantern book again? Peter Milligan, right? Peter Milligan, I think it was. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, Peter Milligan. Okay. I think they're just gonna fold over the Emerald Warriors team back to Green Lantern Corps. Well, I don't see. I don't know. Bedard is probably the weakest one out of those three writers right now.
0: Yeah. I, well, I mean, like you have Tony Bedard, who is writing. Green Lantern Corps, he was writing Rebels, and I, I, I think he was writing something else, but I'm not entirely sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is, it's not great writing. You know, I mean, occasionally it's, it can be, you know, good writing to very good writing in certain areas, in certain stories, but it's not great writing.
1: Not compared to Emerald Warriors with Tomasi.
0: Exactly. And you are going to get compared to Tomasi when you're writing a Green Lantern book. You know, you're know, you going to get compared to John's also.
1: Right, which at times I will definitely admit Tomasi's outshone John's.
0: I And I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, but – and then you have uh, Robinson writing Justice League of America and I don't know what else he's writing. What else is he writing?
1: I have no clue, but I I will not be afraid to confess that those Justice League issues I find them for a dollar, and that's how I'm collecting it.
0: Yeah, I you know I tried what was it the it was an it was an issue drawn by Brett Booth, I think it had uh, Eclipse on the cover I want to say, mm-hmm. and I'm like you know what let me give this another try you know given James Robinson's you know past history, history yes you know everybody says how great Starman is. And I love that final issue, that Blackest Night tie-in issue of Starman. But, aside from that, like, I I just, you know, nothing that he writes is of any interest to me. Some of it's just plain bad.
1: Bad. Yeah, I was hoping for, for an upswing after that not-to-be-named story arc, but even the epilogue issues of that was just stinky butt, as my son would say.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like... DC needs better writers. They need a lot more writers, too.
1: Well, maybe. maybe wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. When is San Diego Con? July? Uh,
0: uh, yeah, July.
1: So, next month in June is when we should be getting the solicits for September, unless they do the to be revealed crap and wait for July to announce everything. But, you know, maybe we'll get these exclusives coming up in San Diego Con. I know Gene Hogg was recently. Um, uh, signed an exclusive deal with DC.
0: Well, that's you know that's another thing. DC keeps getting these artists, these exclusive artists,
1: not do anything with them.
0: <laughs> not even to, to not do anything with them. Um, look, David Finch. I I love his art, and amen. The covers that he's done are fantastic. But you know what has he drawn? Like he's drawn some some Batman issues.
1: He has aerobic. his own he has his own actual Batman title that he's writing and drawing, which is the Dark Knight.
0: Okay. Yes, that's that's right.
1: Which um, is already played with delays.
0: I I mean, that yeah, that's that's he's notoriously known for that. His art his art is fantastic, but you know, the reason that it is so good is because it takes him extra long to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um the uh, the brothers. When they signed the, uh, the Brothers to Exclusive a few years ago. Um,
1: Who was that? Oh, God. No, it wasn't Bond Moon. Um,
0: no, um,
1: Oh, the Cuberts.
0: Yes. Yeah, the Cuberts. Yeah. It, like, the, you saw a few Batman issues that were always late, and then, like, basically nothing for a while.
1: I mean, one of them was doing Flashpoint.
0: I mean, like, yeah, and that's basically all they can do. Miniseries that can be started, like, you know, several months in advance.
1: True. They had uh, Bagley over there, and he was doing Justice League for a while, and then he jumped back to Marvel.
0: Which, I mean, like, he got stuff out on time, but all of his DC stuff was, like, never that great. Nope. Um, And, uh... What do you call it, um... Who was he on? And now, yeah, now Gene Ha, like... Gene Ha is the one from that, that Star Sapphire tale in Tales of the Core miniseries. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful stuff. I I kind of know him on the Marvel side more from the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix miniseries that he did, which was gorgeous.
0: I mean, like, Gene Ha's covers are, are stunning. That particular Star Sapphire story, though, like, that was not... That was not Gene Ha's best work.
1: Oh, let me go and pull it out now and take a look.
0: It was it was basically a talking head piece, and it just it it was so not up to Gene Ha standards.
1: I don't recall it being that bad. Let me see. It was kind of it was kind of funny too because that's one of those stories where Carol just jumped from being Carol to Star Sapphire, and we didn't get any kind of explanation until this Tales of the Core mini. Oh, this isn't that bad. This is still some solid stuff.
0: It's well, it's not bad, but I mean considering what he's capable of, uh,
1: I don't think majority of the of the story being all pink helped any but y-
0: yeah, I mean
1: yeah, there is a lot of detail missing that I'm used to in his in his artwork. Well, it's still miles above what I can do, so <laughs> can't complain, but
0: <laughs> but uh I mean like so the exclusives that they are getting are people that, like, you know, can't keep to a schedule if they're doing, you know, their typical, you know, up to snuff work. So, I mean, like, you know, like th- this past year, DC has been, like, just absolutely plagued with latenesses. And.
1: Marvel hasn't. Well, Marvel has been better. But Marvel still has their lates. some books three weeks, four weeks – no, three weeks, two weeks. They don't think they've fallen behind more than a month or so.
0: I, well, with Green Lantern, like <laughs> Green Lantern alone, do you remember they had the one month where all those special covers were going to come out with like the special – it was like the character with the logo. And Green Lantern was so late <laughs> that they ended up having to change the cover. <laughs> so that it didn't look completely stupid having it come out another month.
1: Is that what happened? Yes. <laughs> well, that book has been plagued with, with with lateness on the art side, especially with all the inkers they always have to put on that book. So I, I was surprised they haven't quite caught up even though they took a – even though Monkey skipped an issue and they, you know they had fill-in artists. And even now, those book that book is late, and I think that's what's kind of holding up the whole War to Green Lanterns, because as we record this next week, all three Green Lantern books are coming out on the same day.
0: Yeah, because that's that that's normal. I mean, like you could have you could stagger these things to have a Green Lantern issue come out like almost every week of the month, but instead we're just going to get like completely inundated in one week. And then have nothing to look forward to for another month and a half, two months.
1: Well, so far they've been keeping it where we at least get one of each book a month. But it really irked my nerves last month when we had two issues come out back to back and the cover of the second part of the story spoiled the first one that <laughs> came
0: out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's poor planning. I just... You
1: know, And I, I do blame them more than anything for making the covers that they make. They could have even made some of those spoiler covers variants instead of actually putting it on the plain, everyday cover. You know yeah. that didn't like that. Of course, people complain that oh, what we get on the cover is not what's in the issue. But still, big big story elements like that, I, I don't want them to spoil on the issue cover.
0: And on that note, Corwin, what do you say we call it an episode?
1: <laughs> yes, we'll call it an episode. It's 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 been a fun year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's strange that it has been a a full year.
1: I've had tons of fun doing these episodes with you.
0: Yeah, now we're going to have to figure out some other reason to have you back on the uh, the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll come up with something. Who knows?
0: Uh, Okay, uh, if people want to find you, Corwin, where can they do so?
1: Well, they can find me at our... Well, uh, me and and two friends of mine, we recently launched our own podcast. We have... Earth's Mightiest com, where we cover all the Avengers stuff and we're actually doing some uh, Fear Itself coverage. So they can find me at that website there as well as uh, com, where myself and my friend Scott, we do the Merc Report where we cover all the Deadpool books in a month. So those two podcasts you can find me at regularly and of course on the Lanterncast forums as well at comicforums.com. I'm always there chatting up with you guys.
0: Oh yeah. I have not listened to the podcast yet, but I do plan on it. Uh,
1: we're three episodes deep. Um, we're probably going to run bi-weekly, but for this month, we just kind of wanted to push everything we had out. So we got you know the first coverage for Fear Itself. Uh, we have uh, the Avengers books, the main four Avengers books for April. Wow, what is the other episode that we did? Oh, Catching Up. Catching Up on all the latest arcs of the Avengers books, so... You know, we're doing all the current story arcs for Avengers, New Avengers, and Secret Avengers, and then Episode Three now is the latest books for all those titles. So if you, you know, you don't want to spend money buying three or four Avengers books that are three ninety nine, you have a podcast to listen to now where we can just spoil everything for you.
0: Which is exactly why I will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Avengers books, but I can't justify the expense.
1: Ah. Uh. Imagine how I feel. I'm reading all the Lantern books, all the Avengers books, all the X-Men books.
0: <laughs> that's rough.
1: Yeah, but I gotta say, uh, for month to month, my favorite flip-flops. But uh, the Green Lantern's been holding down as my favorite, favorite in my heart right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> can't can't beat what's going on. Which I can't wait for you guys to really get into this war.
0: Oh yes, that's uh, that's probably gonna be coming in two weeks. Yeah. Okay, uh, if you want to contact us, you can do so at LanternCast.com. You can email us, LanternCast at or our individual emails, it's our name, at LanternCast.com. Uh, if you go to the website, we have a link to our forum, our Facebook page, our Twitter. We have our RSS feed right on there to download and put into any aggregator you want. Uh, There's a gallery. I, I've put in a few of my pictures from uh, Super Show. You know, uh, the guys are working on that also. And uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe, leave us a review. That would be great. We have a brand new voicemail number, one that we will actually have for a very long time now. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've gone through voicemail mail numbers in the past. And, uh, you know, this time we, we actually went out and, and got a good one. So, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can call 708-LANTERN.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, that's 708, and then spell out the letters LANTERN. And uh, leave us a voicemail. And, uh, Corwin, thank you very much. It's been a fun year.
1: Oh, definitely. I love being on the show. Thanks again for having me on.
0: It's always a pleasure. And, yes, we will definitely have you back on. So, um... Thanks for listening, everybody,
1: and good night. Good night. Shout out to James Doyle.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, James, James is the best. I, I tell you know, I tell James like, you know, all the time that, you know, he's the best. And I tell everybody that it's like, you know, there's absolutely no way that this podcast would be able to continue the way that it continues without him doing the, you know, the editing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then Dan goes and, like, starts up, you know, a a thread on the forums. It's like (laughs) the James Doyle appreciation thread. It's like, you dick. It's like, (laughs) I've been appreciating this dude since the moment he came on.
1: (laughs) If you start up a damn thread, (laughs)
0: Pissed me off.
1: <laughs> That's it's all good, good, James.
0: Point. Hey, James, it's all good. This way you, know, you get to see how much everybody else appreciates you, <laughs> too.